Business is about relationships. Relationships are about people. And how we meet and interact and greet one another out in the world has been for so long taken for granted in the world of business. The past 18 plus months of the COVID-19 pandemic have fundamentally changed the way we network, the way we interact, and the way we keep in touch with the people that matter for our businesses and our lives. And maybe that's changing, or maybe it's not. Here to talk with me about networking in today's business climate is Abby Fink, Vice President and General Manager of HMA Public Relations. Hi, Abby. How you doing? I'm doing well. What's on your mind as the world starts opening up again? I think since we last spoke here on the podcast, I've probably been to in person about a half a dozen different business events. And it struck me that um, although they still happen, they have definitely changed over the last 18 months, right? We spent, you know, all of the the last half of 20 and the early parts of 21 still networking and connecting and attending. We were just doing it with a screen between us. And now as we've got a little bit more freedom again, and people are feeling a little more comfortable because of vaccinations and other protocols in place, we find ourselves, you know, with network events and program, you know, conferences and things popping back up on our calendar. Now, all of a sudden we're back in person and, and it, you know, feels a little different than, than what we might've been used to. And so I thought we could spend a little bit of time just kind of chatting about what it looks like and at least some experiences that, um, that I've had and, and kind of thinking about as I'm preparing for a couple um, business travel um, opportunities coming up where I'm actually going to physically get on an airplane and go to an event over three days and a couple different um, conferences and such. And so I'm kind of thinking a lot about what that looks like now um, in terms of how I'm going to approach people and talk to people. And so I thought we could chat a little bit about, um, you know, kind of what we're seeing out there, because I think it's a real interesting dynamic now that we're back, you know, actually in that physical space with people. You know, it really is something that I think bears some thoughtful conversation because there are no clear cut answers and it is not black and white. In fact, it's probably more difficult to try to think through the risks and rewards. By the way, something humans are not generally all that good at thinking about anyway. We don't know how to calculate risk, especially because there are unknown unknowns. But We see a lot of things that are opening up. We also see some things that start and then pull back. You know, I just read this morning that Microsoft has announced that, oh, after all, we're not reopening our headquarters or not requiring people rather to come back to work at our headquarters. We're pushing it up into 2022. And you know what? We're not going to say when. We're just going to leave it up. People can still come in if they want to, but we're not requiring people to come back to work. In the world of networking, events, conferences, conferences, product launches, uh, you know, big, big things like just happened uh, with the gaming in Arizona. You know, there's, there's competing desires. We all want what we miss about those in-person interactions. And at least some of us are still concerned about variants, about exposure, about people who are vaccinated still 
able to get sick, maybe not hospitalized, maybe not death, death, but it's still on our mind. It's become harder in some ways. How are you approaching this? Well, and, and it, it's added a new level of um, small talk, quite honestly. You know, I, I was um, actually at an event last night and, and chatting with some of the folks. And after we had now what is a, a little bit more of a customary greeting, you know, normally you'd walk into an event and hi, shake, stick your hand out, shake their hand, introduce yourself. Now it's hi, is it okay if I shake your hand or should we fist bump or should we just wave, you know? Um, but the, but we were, we were all kind of commenting on the fact that, that even small talk has changed. You know, you, 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 there were some standard things you'd go to, right? What do you do for a living? How long have you lived in Arizona? Where, where do you live? You know, sort of customized or standardized things like that. Well, now the, the conversations are a bit more customized in, uh, and and reading the 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 temperature of the room, not the physical temperature, but the the makeup of the individuals that are there. Do we talk about COVID? Do we talk about the impact that it had on our business? Do we do we ask the question about vaccination or not, or or philosophies about mask wearing or not? And and what do we do if the answer is on the other side of what we think? Do we dive into that discussion or do we leave it alone? You know, if you go back just a few years. Topics like politics, money, religion, those were kind of off the table. You know, you sort of stayed away from them. They were not, you you couldn't really have those discussions in a, unless you knew you for a fact you were in a like-minded group. Well, now those are for everybody to talk about. And this is an added level of that. And so, you know, I, I find myself asking the question, you know, is it okay if... And then, you know, if I shake your hand, if it's somebody that I happen to know and have had, you know, a previous relationship with, it's not uncommon for me to give them a hug if I haven't seen them for a while, but there's a bit of hesitation there before I do that. And um, even in sort of proper protocol in terms of invitations to these events, you know, that, that it's not just an RSVP, it is a checklist that you agree to. In order to attend that event, you know, you agree that you have been vaccinated or have a negative test and haven't been around anybody and you will agree to wear a mask if that was the um, request of the host of that event. And, you know, and 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 you as the person planning to attend, you set back for a minute and say, am I willing to do this in order to get to this particular um, event or conference or whatnot? And I'm finding that, you know, as we're talking with our clients that are all, especially in the in the nonprofit sector, that are all trying to think about what will fundraising events look like? Where will we, you know, do we plan one? If we plan one, do we plan for it to be in person? Do we plan for it to be hybrid? Do we plan for it to be completely virtual? If there's any point in the in the planning that means somebody's going to be in person, how much of these protocols can we require? in order for somebody to attend. And, you know, my answer is you require what you need to make you feel comfortable about doing it. Don't worry about the guest, worry about what is the, in the best interest of your organization and set those guidelines. That individual make the decision themselves, whether they go. And I'm, um, and, and we're watching how that's evolving, but it is, um, it's been real interesting. Again, I would say it's probably been maybe two months that I have started to feel comfortable to go that, that, you know, the, the places that I am being invited to attend and, and recognizing what those hosts have been doing in order to protect their, um, the guests that are coming to theirs. Um, and then, you know, in my mind, what am I going to talk about when I get there? What, what are, are going to be some of the things? Cause I don't always want to talk about the, certainly not all the negative impacts of COVID. I'd like to, I mean, I'd like to think some of us are, 
um, experiencing some um, positives in our businesses now that thing is things are getting opened back up again and that travel might be back on people's agenda. So I think there's some new nuances there about what we we can and can't talk about. But it was even as far as do we hand out business cards anymore? Because, well, they, they had become a bit antiquated even before this. So many people are working from home. They may not have as much of an office environment anymore to store the, the business cards. I refer to that as the Rolodex. Some of you may or may not remember the Rolodex, but where you put your, you know, the business cards inside. I call it the gallon Ziploc bag. Okay. It could be a gallon Ziploc bag. It could be a drawer somewhere. But, um, you know, that's a, that's a custom, you know, I mean, or a, a common occurrence. You walk in again when you network, hey, do you have a business card or can I give you my card? I'd like to follow up. Well, now there's a bit of a hesitancy there because do you want to hand something to someone? Do they have a place to put it? Do they want to keep it? So there's just all new conversations that are happening in the, in that networking space um, and in, in the event planning space that, that were not part of our worry, you know, 18 months, two years ago. Absolutely. And I've seen some interesting innovations that are, you know, as people try to figure this out and try to find support and structure and so on for it. Uh, you know, there are new vendors with apps that require people to, you know, validate various things, whether it's their vaccine status or their testing status or what have you. That's certainly there for travel, um, but it's also showing up around venues and events. If you want to attend an in-person event at a large venue, you may find yourself having to download the app that the organizers have decided to use to manage all of these things. Another event that I saw uh, being promoted said that they were going to help people communicate their comfort level by giving everyone a choice of badge colors to wear at the event, green, yellow, red. And they spelled out in detail what each of those things meant. And it was actually, you know, I don't know if that's going to work, but it was really quite thoughtful. You know, green meant um, you can do, you know, you can hug me, uh, you can shake my hand. I, you know, I, I'm comfortable being, this event also required people to say that, yes, they were uh, vaccinated. So, but you could be vaccinated and uncomfortable. So, you know, yellow was, um, I'm happy to be here. I'm taking care of myself. I will talk to you at a safe distance. And red was, I I'm happy to be here. I'd like to get to know you, but please don't talk to me. Leave me alone. <laughs> you know? So they had that kind of, at least trying to give people nonverbal ways of communicating um, their comfort level. One thing that I think is is potentially uh, making a, a much bigger splash now than it did 10 years ago is QR codes. You know, we used to have, and several well-known speakers and authors had the running joke that QR codes are terrible, they kill kittens and so on. But actually now that everybody's phone camera natively reads QR codes, I think making yourself a little badge that has a QR code on it, and that links directly to your LinkedIn profile. Of course, LinkedIn has this built in their app. You could do that. But just having someone could point their camera at you, and that would bring up a web page or a social media profile that you'd like them to connect with you on. Maybe that business card, although I still have them, I'm kind of like mine. But um, maybe that's becoming less relevant. And certainly we don't need to hand each other physical things when we could just at a distance point our camera and away we go. Yeah. So lots of interesting innovations. And, you know, the, the idea that the host of the business networking event or the conference or the fundraiser 
has these different things at their disposal to be able to offer to their guests is brilliant, right? That, that it, you know, when think about if you plan a luncheon, a fundraising luncheon and you, you know, you ask for your RSVPs and you um, ask them, you know, who else will be seated at your table? Do you want the beef or the fish or vegetarian? And, and we've evolved that, right? Because now we have, we, you know, we offer the vegetarian or the vegan option or, you know, other various things to accommodate, you know, the, the dietary needs of our guests. And so there very well may be, this opportunity to pre-upload your contact information and here's the QR code to download all of today's attendees or you know the the approach I love red yellow green that's a clever way to do it and it, it doesn't then ask anyone to have to say it it just is very visible that this is what's in in place so I think from a you know the event planning perspective there really are some amazing new options out there and and I see them being applied you know, not just in the business environment either, right? They're, they're definitely more in in social and entertainment. Um, you know, I'm I'm fortunate enough to have season tickets to the um, the Broadway series here at uh, ASU Gamage, and for the last couple of weeks, there have been a whole laundry list of things that they are doing to protect the health and safety of their patrons and what as guests, as ticket holders, we agree to abide by in order for us to be in the theater. Concerts are coming back online and the same kind of thing is happening. You know, some are going as far as asking you to show your vaccination card and that you agree to follow the guidelines. And and where, you know, I'm, I will be curious to see is how they manage the the person who does not have all of the required requirements met, whether intentionally or I forgot the card at home, what are they going to do about that? So there'll be some interesting, you know, maybe we can touch on that again about what, you know, what's changed in that environment as, as more and more things are happening. But, you know, football games and and theater and concerts and and such that are really looking at ways to continue to be um, open and accessible yet safe and the, the, those big venues are, are going to give us some tools that the smaller, you know, maybe, you know, 15, 20 individuals at a networking event um, might be able to accommodate as well. And it, and I think at least it personally, I'm, I'm willing to abide by many, probably all of those requirements to attend because I want to start attending again. It's, I, I will be, I'm thrilled to be able to go back to the theater and if going back to the theater means I need to do these things, then I will do those things because it is really my choice. If I don't want to go or I don't want to follow the rules, then I don't have to go, but I want to. And so I say, fine, if this is the, the way it is, that's what we'll do. It reminds me that we got to keep the main thing, the main thing. And certainly you and I both know people on all sides of the political spectrum who have sort of turned complaining about what's going on from whichever perspective or point of view into their thing. And so there are going to be people out there who are going to continue to be upset by what those other people are doing or saying. That's fine. And for those of us who love the theater or love networking or, you know, love sporting events or whatever the thing is, it's time to just accept that, look, there are people who take this seriously and that's okay. They get to make their choice and you get to make yours. Venues can say who comes in and who doesn't come in. They've had restrictions on, you can't bring in this. So you got to have a bag. It's got to be a backpack. You're going to have to get searched. No water bottle, whatever. Every venue has always had rules. So this is an evolution 
that takes into account the, the realities which are dynamic and changing rapidly in many ways, sometimes for the good, sometimes for the bad, we're going to have to keep a cool head and adjust and keep focused on what really matters here um, rather than just, you know, the, the emotion and the agitation we may or may not have about what those other people are doing. Right. Well, and you know, the, the, you know, we're, we're, we're commemorating the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and you think about what business travel, what travel in general was on, you know, September 10th and back um, in terms of what you could bring on the airplane with you, what you could do, how you could do it. And then, you know, within, you know, 24, 48 hours of that incident, all rules for flying changed. And if you wanted to fly, then part of that contract with the airline is you agreed to the things that they were going to put in place, take your shoes off, take your computer out, no, you know, four ounces or less of liquid, whatever it all is. And it was, it was troublesome because it was different. And, it, and, and I will say there are still individuals that are flying that don't know the rules because they're not frequent flyers and it, they have to be reminded and things. And I'm actually, you know, haven't gone anywhere in two years. So I got to go back and look and, you know, check my TSA and all the other things. But, you know, we agreed to doing that. And we agreed on a lot of, you know, other safety issues out there. And so to me, this, this kind of falls in that same thing. And, and yes, it is it is a is a much more complicated discussion, but it is on, you know, we have ex opportunities for these experiences. Well, again, whether they're social entertainment business, but we have opportunities to attend these things and, and, uh, you know, and make choices by what we want to do and don't do as do the hosts of these particular events and, and programs. And it, it is, you know, I, I say it's a contract, it's not a signed document, but there is a, it's a contract between the, the host and the guest that you will abide by what we've set out. I mean, really the same thing. If you come into my house, there's certain rules. I don't want you to smoke in my house. I don't care if you're a smoker, but if you're going to, you need to go outside. It's my house. It's my rules. And that's kind of where this to me sort of falls into. And, um, and I guess, you know, the, the consensus in, in the last couple of weeks at these um, events that I've been able to attend and they've been, they've been varying in terms of what the protocol was. I mean, I was at a, you know, I've been at very large events that was honor system. And if you felt more comfortable, wear a mask, but no requirement, no mandate, but they made it very clear that they would respect how you wanted to be there, hand sanitizer and other things, but there was no guidelines. And then another that much smaller that, you know, said, if you're attending, please, um, you know, ensure that you haven't been exposed or haven't traveled and and that's all fine. And I think that, you know, as the goer to any of these, I, I determine whether or not the the requirements are something that I can abide by in order to reap what I hope is the benefit of being at, you know, something like this. So, you know, I I am a big believer in, you know, re-engaging in the, in the human connection. I, we've been connecting over the last couple, you know, 18 months or so with a screen between us and it's worked and we've all adjusted and accommodated. And we've talked about that before about the, you know, the way to network in a virtual environment and how to still have that, that human interaction. And I'm not sure that this goes away anytime soon. I think we'll still have um, the ability to virtually attend a lot of things and still experience 
the you know building relationships in in business and in personal um, through through a virtual environment. But as we get more and more opportunities to be in person and you know respectful of the wishes of the you know the folks that we're interacting with as well as the hosts of these particular. Um, events and programs. It's just part of our contract at, with being there and, and, and our obligation to attend and be um, respectful of, you know, what the, what those guidelines are. I, for one, am happy to do it because again, I am eager to be back out there in a, in, and interacting again and, and, and doing those networking things and attending professional development conferences and, you know, seeing my colleagues from around the country and really getting back to those things that, you know, I enjoy doing and that's a small step for me to to do in order to be able to, you know, capitalize on those things that I enjoy doing. As we wrap up this conversation, let's talk a little bit about some of those soft skills, some of those communication uh, and interpersonal dynamic issues. You mentioned some earlier in the conversation. As you've been getting back out into these worlds, have you noticed anything that has changed? Are there any new norms that are emerging or is it still that the best practices for connecting with people and having good conversations haven't changed all that much. And that's still what people need to be reminded of and focus on. What are your thoughts on the way you engage with people at these events? Well, I think the the, the bottom line is still the same is that that, that connection, that ability to have one-on-one conversations with individuals will always be, you know, a skill set we should all um, hone in on and some are better at it than others. But, you know, in being prepared to walk into a room, have um, a handful of, you know, conversation starters available to you. And, and that's not necessarily focused on, you know, the pandemic and such, but other things that are happening. Um, have your own elevator speech. You know, what do you want people to know about you as, as they leave that event? You know, what are the, the top couple things that would be intriguing about? And, and I, I try to find the things that aren't the normal, what do you do for a living? But last book that you read? Did you, you know, what are, what are you watching on Netflix is, is another good one these days, but really, you know, what are the, you know, kind of the things to keep the conversation started, you know, move around the room a little bit, you know, focus on, um, you know, getting to know a couple of individuals at a, at a networking event and, um, and then really what the follow-up's going to be, you know, when, when, when we take our team to networking events for whatever reason, if we find that there's, you know, two or three of us that want to attend something, we don't sit with each other at the table either because I can network with my team any day, but I can't network with the other nine people that might be at my table. And so we really make sure that we, we spread out, we divide and conquer and get to know a lot of people. And, and but we also want to make sure that there's some follow-up that happens afterwards. So what's your plan when you get, you know, back home, whether you've downloaded a, a QR code or you've actually grasped a business card or two, how are you going to follow up with those individuals? Are you going to, you know, reach out and invite them for coffee, for a virtual conversation, uh, for some opportunity to continue the engagement and and be expecting that you will be asked in return by those folks that, you know, sought you out to network with, that you might have um, some folks reaching out to you as well and, and be open to the idea of, you know, creating those, those interchanges and those relationships. And, um, you know, I've been doing this work here for quite a long time and I'm always fascinated when I can can make that six degrees of separation connection. Um, it was just at something earlier this week and you, we, you know, you look real familiar and how do we know each other? And, and it only took three steps to get to how we um, had been connected. And it was a, 
a joint project that we both worked on coming from two different organizations that neither one of us work for now. Um, but about 30, 30 years ago, we both worked on a project together. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, and then, then you just go, what have you been doing for 30 years kind of conversation, but you never know who you're going to meet and you never know what relationships are going to develop and, and, you know, the impact that your conversations will have on others as well as them on you. Um, and if you keep that in mind, then whether whether you are doing it in person or you are still more comfortable in the in the virtual space, um, you can still network and still create good lasting relationships that are beneficial for both. One of the things that I like to teach in my workshops on high performance communication is how to be a great conversationalist by not having answers, but having good questions and the things that I think we all would want to share with others include things like who I am, who I serve, what problems I solve, why I started, what I stand for, kind of all of these little packages of things. So rather than launching into a conversation with my own elevator speech, I like to use these as conversation starters to get the other people talking about those. So tell me about what what you do. Who's that for? How do you help them? That sounds interesting. Tell me, why did you, how'd you get into that? What, tell me the back. The longer I keep someone else talking about these things that I know matter to them, uh, whether they're a good conversationalist or not, they're more likely to leave the conversation thinking we had a great time together. And the truth is we did, but not because I dominated the conversation with my speech and my pitch and my, you know, what I'm looking for, but because I led with these kind of questions curiosity, going back to something we talked about on the show, using curiosity as a way to pull out the brilliance of someone else. Because once you get them talking about who they serve and why they care about what they do and why they started this and how's it going, you've you, you've gotten them doing the thing they came to that event to do. And rather than put the burden on them, you actually can uh, help their genius come out with these simple questions. Uh, and it's not, what do you do? That's not the first one. It's, uh, you know, t tell me about your work and, and you get into why, why'd you get into that? And you, when you ask those why questions, you'll really find out not just what people do like a title, but you'll find out what they're made of, like character. What they're passionate about and compassionate about. And, 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 and you know, and those are much more uh, fun conversations to have. As you said, you don't have to be the answers. You don't have to be the one dominating the conversation, but those are much more enjoyable conversations to be a part of and lead to, you know, a more fulfilling second opportunity because you've learned something in that conversation that gives you that what you need to follow up. You know, I heard you say such and such, and I'm intrigued. Can I, can we talk a little bit more about that? Or I, I also think X, Y, and Z, um, but, you know, I think and, and I think about some of the things that I've learned that have, you know, really nothing to do with the business world, but more about what the individual is like in terms of, you know, recommendations for restaurants or books that they've read or movies that they've seen or, you know, just a, an interesting article that, you know, and, and good networking is, you know, capturing all of that information and then and then finding a place for it. And, you know, I, I think about how you know, I, I have more books in my shelf than I probably need to have. And most of them have been on a recommendation from somebody that's based on something we talked about said, I think you would enjoy such and such. And so um, we go into those conversations with things to offer. 
And, you know, ideally the other individuals we're communicating with come in with things that they can offer. And that's how we come out of it with a really worthwhile conversation. We feel like our time there was spent um, wisely and productively and in a healthy manner in in today's uh, society. And that is networking, you know, at its finest is when both parties in those conversations walk away with that was really a great conversation. And where it goes from there is up to the both of them to make that decision. And, and whether we're, again, doing that in person or we're doing that virtually, that outcome is the same. Um, and in my view, one of the, you know, the best benefits of doing business networking. 